Hi, and welcome to show number 12 of the El Cafecito Travel Talks, a podcast where people share travel stories and adventures. My name is Tony Lloyd, and I'm your host. First of all, I'd like to thank all the people who have been following us so far in our other 12 episodes. And for the new people, I'd like to welcome you and hope to subscribe to the show. Also, take a look at our Facebook page where we have written travel stories. And please, if you're someone who likes to write, we're still looking for people to submit some more stories. If you have any questions or comments, please send us an email at elcapsitatraveltalks at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you. Today's show was previously recorded here at the El Capsito in Cuenca, Ecuador, where I sit down with Lata on her one-year anniversary of travel. She talks about her life-changing experience that took her up Mount Kilimanjaro and then on her journey to see the rest of the world. So please get yourself a cup of tea or coffee and enjoy the show. Hi everyone, my name is Lotte, Lotte Heyman, I'm from Holland. Okay, Lotte, the reason I asked to sit down and talk with you today is because the other day we were having dinner together with some of the guests here at the hostel. In that conversation we were talking about different reasons why we each went, decided to make our journeys and to travel and so forth. And I thought you had a very interesting story, and I'd like you to share it today with the audience. The question was asked at the table was something that have changed in our life that has caused big shift. Your answer to that question was what provokes this interview today. So if you remember the answer to that question, we could start off from there, and then we'll go. Yeah, I do remember, uh, since it was kind of life-changing, so... <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good point. <laughs> Actually, the, the answer was two-faced. Answer. So it started off with me working on my my lifestyle. I needed to make some changes. I didn't have a really healthy lifestyle, and I ended up having a way better lifestyle in sense of exercise and sleeping, but also eating. And I lost thirty kilos. Wow. Okay. And then to prove a point, I guess I wanted to climb Kilimanjaro because when traveling, I've always traveled a lot, but um, I always wanted to do these things, these challenging things, and I never felt I could because it was so much overweight so having lost all that weight I thought okay I'm gonna do it uh, and I did and while climbing Kilimanjaro especially the the summit night mm -hmm. which is the hardest part I had this feeling of I don't know I just felt invincible basically I think that triggered for me well the, it was I think it was the basis of gaining a lot of self-confidence I mean mm -hmm. I wasn't miserable before but I just yeah I was I wasn't quite in my strength fully so once I did that I figured well you know I can't do anything. I felt felt very strong and I think that, yeah, I think that triggered the next phase for me, which was thinking about my career and my life in Holland, what was going to be next for me. I knew I wasn't going to reach my pension age at this uh, same job I was doing. And what sort of job was that? I was a theater producer in Amsterdam. I loved that job and I, and I still did at that time, but I did feel it was coming to an end somehow. I was starting to get restless. I think I felt maybe I had reached the more or less ceiling of my development there with the people I was working with. And you know, after you do that same job for uh, nine years, it's a long time. <laughs> at the same time, I was being more conscious about our Western society, the way we live, the pace of life. And I just felt something needed to change. I did, just didn't know what. Uh, to start uh, so I thought of different I don't know changing my living situation or moving somewhere else or changing my job or, until one day I just thought oh why don't I just travel <laughs> okay I don't have to quit my job for another job I can just quit it and, and start traveling and, and once I realized I got a little nervous because I 
innately knew that it was a, a very good thing to do. Okay. So yesterday was your birthday. You had also mentioned to me that you started traveling a day after your birthday. Yes. So this is your one year anniversary of traveling. It is. Okay. Yeah. As you said, you climbed Kilimanjaro. Um, that was the thing that gave you the courage to say, okay, now I could do this. But there's some people that might be listening to us that saying, oh my gosh, she did that. And how could I do this? And then I also want you know people to know that, okay, yes, you did climb Kilimanjaro, but it's not like you became one of these super marathon. Oh, no. Yeah, no. you're still a very average person. <laughs> yeah, and, oh, thank you. <laughs> I don't mean that in a bad way. I just I know, don't. I, know. I just because somebody might be listening to us and they're thinking, oh, well, she climbed Kilimanjaro. Maybe she's fighting yeah. alligators now and or a marathon runner. No, exactly. No. By no means. I'm. I'm in that sense. I am very average. Uh, one of those average travelers who likes to hike, but I don't do any, in my opinion, crazy stuff. Or I, and, and and it didn't trigger for me um, wanting to climb every mountain in the world. It was just the Kilimanjaro. I thought that was okay. enough for. Okay. And in fact, I think everybody, basically anybody, could climb Kilimanjaro. If you if you can walk up and down the the street to the supermarket, then uh, you should be able to. So how did you prepare to do that? Did you know someone who had done it before? Yeah, I I met someone through a friend, and she climbed Kilimanjaro. And actually, she was in great physical shape. So when I started talking about her, I was I was very interested to hear her talk because it, you know it sounds like this amazing adventure, but. All the while she was talking, of course, I thought, well, with you with your fitness, of course you can do it. But during our talk, I she mentioned a couple things from which I gathered, like, oh, but that doesn't sound. So then I ended up asking her, like, so the other people in the group, what, what were they like? Or were, were they physically in the same shape as you? And she said, oh, no, there was this one guy, he only ate pizza. And, and then I started thinking, oh, well, I didn't eat pizza all the time. But <laughs> I, I could yeah, somewhat... eat pizza, <laughs> I could do it. Yeah, that's the that's the thing that crossed my mind. And there was another friend at the time, and she was she's a friend that I I value very much. So I just um, looked over at her and I said, Paulina, how about uh, climbing Kilimanjaro together? And she just looked up from her phone, and she says, mm, Okay. And then I got really nervous. I did prepare quite intensely because I was very nervous. I wouldn't be able to do it because, like I said, I wanted to prove a point. So for me, there was a lot at stake. Uh, mentally mostly and uh, so I just went to the gym a lot I did used to walk a lot at that time already but Holland is flat flat as a pancake so mm -hmm. and obviously Kilimanjaro is not so I exercised a lot on the treadmill but that was mostly it how did the journey go you got to the mountain you had day one day. Yeah. is it a two-day process oh no it's seven days oh, seven days yes. oh wow okay. yeah that's one of the reasons I was nervous <laughs> okay. Um, okay. so when we started off it was very hot you you start I'm not sure I don't remember at what altitude exactly but you know walking in the sun with your t-shirt and sweating okay. and walking through um forest areas and it was very interesting to see that all those different levels of vegetation and different mm -hmm. uh, all the all the um, uh, changes in scenery but anyway that first day it was okay apart from being hot and sweaty i thought okay this is this is okay and then i got a little suspicious because i thought hmm, it's it, supposed to be more challenging yeah i thought it was <laughs> going to be really hard and, and then the second day came around and it, it was also just yeah Nice walking. It's not a technical climb. You don't need any technical preparation. You just need to put your one foot in front of the other. That's basically it. Okay. And drink a lot and etc. But so yeah, the, after that second day, I thought, well, maybe I will be able to do this, and <laughs> I gained a little bit trust in it would would just be the maybe the duration of the of the hike, okay. and obviously the altitude at some point will 
you know, mm-hmm. kick in. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it did. Yeah, I, I, those first few days were, were relatively easy, actually. Okay. Yeah. And I'm assuming you were staying in camps along the way. Yes, in tents. Okay. In different yeah. tents. And, yeah. and they have porters with you? Yes, or you were, yes. No. I was humbled and impressed. We had, it was just the two of us, my mm-hmm. friend and me. Uh, we had, there were two guides. There was one cook. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of them were porters, and um, yeah. Okay. Was there a moment where you're like, "What am I doing on this mountain? Oh, yes. What am I?" The, on the summit night, you start walking around midnight, mm-hmm. in order to reach hopefully the summit around eight a.m. Mm-hmm. Um, Is there snow on the top of that? Mountain? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's ice. Well, there's not snow everywhere. I think depending on the season. Okay. But there was uh, ice. Um, okay. Because you usually what happens in most mountains when you have ice or snow. The reason you do it so early so that you don't want to be when the ice is melted and mm. the sun comes up. But anyhow, so you're I, on yeah, this, I th- this I think the, summit the biggest reason for them is to, because we all love our sunrises and sunsets, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So while you climb towards the summit, at some point you are either at the summit at sunrise or close to the summit. And I think between sunrise, which I think was one hour before my summit time, okay. and that actually reaching the summit, I had multiple thoughts of why, why did I want to do this? What's the point really? <laughs> what, okay. what is this thing with humans that we want to go to a highest, farthest, deepest place? Or yeah, I don't know. It was just a little bit um, strange how 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 we are how are we wired that we want to do these things? But it never. I I actually felt very very strong, even though I was my, my pace walking pace at that long in the last hour I think was point two kilometers per hour. <laughs> okay, <laughs> just doing it very slowly, but very slowly but surely. Yeah, I just I don't think I could have gone a lot quicker. It was just the altitude gets to you, and I was I was extremely tired by then. And but yeah, it, it was just. Uh, very constraining is that a word we'll use it i okay. think <laughs> i'm not sure if it's a word but we'll use it i think it could be but under- I, understood. Feel, I felt very strong because um i think the turning point for me was the sunrise when i when i saw the sun actually climbing above the clouds because mm-hmm. by that time you're well above the clouds so it had already risen downstairs so to speak okay. and then it was rising above the clouds where we were and i don't know there was just some kind of wow moment and i felt very emotional and i thought oh my I think I'm gonna make it, you know. <laughs> okay. So yeah, that kept me going. Okay, you did the mountain. You came down off the mountain. You decided, okay, I need to I create a new challenge, and you decide you want to travel. How was your preparation for that? How was the support of your family, friends? Mm. Did you find how how was that part of the preparation? Um, actually, I, I expected more people, if any people, I mean, to be a little bit skeptical or maybe worried. Uh, but actually, I think ninety-eight percent of the people in my environment they were thrilled for okay. me, and they they most of them said, "Oh, I can I can see you do that. You can so do that, and and it's really something you should do." And um, we understand, and um, and also my parents. Even though I realized once I made that decision, uh, we're very close. So, uh, I, oh God, they're gonna you know. Be I'm going to be very far away from them for probably oh. a long time, but even still, the their first reaction was, "Wow, what a great plan! Okay, Good for you." Those last minutes or those last moments before you got on the plane, how mm-hmm. were you? Were you excited? Were you nervous? Oh, um, <laughs> oh I was in tears. <laughs> oh, you were in tears. Okay. Big time. Yeah, my my parents uh, and my sister and my and her two daughters, my two nieces. Uh-huh. 
we're extremely close, all of us, and, and they um, came with me to Schiphol. Okay, to the airport. Yeah, to see me off, and oh, we were, I don't know, we were all in tears. And <laughs> but, you know, so much love and so much support, and, and of course, because you, and I know this feeling from, from previous travels, Every almost every time I would go on a longer trip, which, by the way, uh, was never longer than six weeks at okay. a time, mm-hmm. usually about around four weeks. In those cases, we usually call that more vacation versus yes, traveling. Yeah, definitely, yeah. And wow. those, those times, I also had that same feeling that I then had in tenfold. Like, oh, geez, did I, why did I want to do this? Because I have a really nice house in Amsterdam and it's, it's a nice <laughs> city. Why, why do I have to go places where I really don't have a clue what I'll run into and who I'll meet and the language and the food and the places? I'll, and not, not so much being very worried that I, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't going to be, wasn't going to be okay. Mm-hmm. But just, I don't know, some kind of uh, anxiety for, like, oh, God, where am I going off to? And that's definitely what happened to me again on this trip, because it was going to be for an indefinite, uh, indefinite amount of time. So mm-hmm. once, once I'm on the plane, once I get those, <laughs> you know, those emotions out of my system of saying goodbye to my loved ones, and then, I'll, I don't know, my mind goes towards where I'm going, and I usually start reading my... Lonely Planet Guide, and, and I'll just get excited and think, okay, yay. This is where I'm going. I'm doing it. Oh, okay. Yeah. How do you see yourself traveling differently now that you're mm. not a 20-year-old anymore, you're not in your oh, 20s? Yes. And, very different. And, for example, somebody who's out there that's preparing, they're thinking of, of traveling, like, what are some... Let's talk about some of the things for them, because people are like, oh, yeah, you could do that when you're 20, but no, no, no. I'm, you know, I, I'm too old now, I can't stay in a dormitory, I can't do this, and yeah. people come up with these reasons because of their age. Well, actually, the, it's nice that you mentioned dormitories, because going on this trip, I, I more or less assumed that I would, would have, you know, I, I, th- I thought I, w- I would be done with the dormitory thing, mm-hmm. um, being 43 now, or 42 when I left, because I was, I was initially worried I was going to feel old, especially in Asia, where the, the backpacker culture is very, very young in mm-hmm. some places. And actually, I've, I found that I don't feel old so much, I feel very wise. Oh, okay, I like that. <laughs> so wise. I like that. Okay. But yeah, I, I, the first few weeks or maybe months, I was... I was on my own a little bit more because I, I, I think I needed some personal time to process all the things of the last, I don't know, 10 years and, and leaving my job and leaving my house and everything. But then gradually I started going to dorms more and booking dorm beds. And um, I only realized after a while that, like, oh, I'm, I guess I, I'm not over <laughs> the, you know, feeling comfortable in a dorm Mm-hmm. Uh, between all these young people and um, so that's I yeah for me that's not a problem and if I do feel like I want to have a bit more privacy or I'll book a, a private room mm-hmm. I'm quite flexible like that but um, I think I do travel differently from when I was a lot younger and especially because I think I have met me more I've, I how do you say that I've come to know me You've better come to know yourself yes. but yeah for that reason I think I I need to I don't have to spend as much energy and time to relate to other people. Like, okay, so where do I fit in? Or how do we relate to each other? Or in, in this group, where is my position? Or where is my... And now I, yeah, I'm just me. And of course, you, I relate to other people. And of course, I, you know, sometimes you have to find your social... Where you fit in the pack. Yeah, of course. That, that hasn't changed. But I think way less... 
concerned with how I come across or, you know, things that you are more aware of when you're a lot younger in, in most cases. Okay. <laughs> so where did you go first? Okay. The reason Cambodia is because I, I've been missing Asia. Uh, that last few years I had traveled, I went to different places. I really felt strongly I wanted to go back to Asia where I had been twice before. And I'm, I was very interested to see Cambodia. And I'd already actually booked the plane ticket before I decided to leave my job. Because it was going to be my summer holiday for, okay. for a month. Then things happened and evolved quite rapidly. And I decided, oh, you know, let's just quit the job. And instead of taking the return flight, I just stayed in Cambodia. And what struck me about Cambodia and, and the way I was traveling with no end date, I could, you know, I could uh, decide on the spot if I wanted to stay a lot longer in one place. And I, I was used to, do, to doing that, but it would always be, you know, the, the margin would be a couple of days more. Or, and now the margin was weeks or whatever, you know, okay. amount of time. So I think I started off just, you know, being a tourist and uh, enjoying my holiday. But of course, after a while, you, you realize, okay, this would normally be the, the time where I would return home. But I, I, I didn't. So That's a very interesting thing you just said, because I think a lot of people who do travel are used to have taken holidays at different yeah. times. And there's like a two-week holiday, or maybe we're up some to a month. Mm -hmm. And then there's that day. Yeah. that you're like, oh, I'm not going home. So let's talk yeah. about that a little bit. Like, yeah, I, I remember it was, it was, it was just strange. And uh, because normally you're on some kind of schedule, even, even if you haven't planned anything, or I usually don't book hostels or things in advance. I just have maybe a rough idea of where I want to go. But then at that point, you know, you try to fit in what you think you want to fit in, in that amount of time. And then I found that, well, there is no amount of time I had to fit things in. So <laughs> I was a little bit thrown by that because, well, first of all, I realized I could lower my pace mm -hmm. because, you know, yeah, I, I have all the time in the world, but coming from Amsterdam with, you know, the high-paced life and all the preparations for leaving, and I was still, you know, on, on a, quite a, a high pace, I guess you'd say, and I found after a while that, oh, okay, I can you know, really unwind and just sink into the <laughs> travel travel vibe. Being able to go all these places where people would normally say to you, like, oh, you know, if you have time, maybe go to this little village or to... And then, you know, if you're on a schedule for two, three, four, five weeks, you could maybe do one or two of those, but probably not all of them. Mm -hmm. And now I could, so I did. I guess you, you could call them a little bit off the beaten track. And I'm... I'm there were in no means. After Asia, how did you make it over to South America? I always wanted to go to Ecuador since I visited Peru and Bolivia 10 years ago. Ecuador was high on my list of, of countries. Game tracker, how long have you been in Ecuador now? I think one and a half months. One and a half months, okay. Yeah. This is your one year anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are some of the highlights? What are some of the lowlights? What, are, what could you tell them about your year? For me, apart from visiting all these amazing places and beautiful uh, cultural and nature places it has brought me way more than i thought way more than i expected even though i was already you know open to the idea of okay let's see what this train trip will bring me for my i don't know my ideas about life or my future or 
whatever. Yeah, I, I didn't expect it was going to be so much. <laughs> okay. I had a lot of, um, of course, time to think, but also a lot of encounters with people that really enriched me in a, in a way that I didn't expect. So that, that's, that's a beautiful thing. I think I'm growing. Longer do you think you're going to travel? I don't know. You don't know? Okay. No, I, <laughs> I right. really don't know. I, okay. I, of course, people ask me this uh, on a regular basis, and I try to think about it, or I try to give a sincere answer in the sense of, yeah, okay, how long? So I'll start to think about a, a period of time, but I, I just don't know. Okay. I really don't. Like It could be another couple months. It could be five years. I I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's completely fine. So yeah. thank you for that. I don't know if you have any last words for the audience. I guess if, if you're considering traveling and but you're just not entirely sure, chances are you'll never be sure. Okay. So just do it. Just do it. It's going to be great. Well, thank you once again. All the best to you. Thank you very much. I enjoyed this talk. Thanks for listening in and I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you're interested in contacting Lotte, her information can be found in our podcast notes. Also, if you have any additional questions or comments for us, please send me an email to lkfctravelTalks at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you. And for the people who have not done so already, I'd like to encourage you to subscribe so that you get all our future shows. I'd like to thank Marshall, our editor, for the work that he's been doing in this show and all our previous shows. I look forward to meeting you here at the El Cafecito in Cuenca, Ecuador, or also in our sister location in Quito. All the best and please stay safe.